Hi there. Thank you for joining me. I'm Hecate, and this is Finding Okay, a healing podcast for survivors of sexual assault and abuse. Today, I'd like to talk about the important role that the experience of awe can play in growth and healing. This year has been an incredible challenge for all of us, and last week just caught up with me a bit, and I found myself really suddenly lacking the spoons that I needed to make an episode happen. It kind of sneaked up on me. 2020 has some sharp claws. I didn't get to say it last week, so a belated Merry Christmas to those who were celebrating, and this week I'm happy to wish you all a very happy Kwanzaa. Habari Ghani! I hope your Kwanzaa is filled with love, light, and laughter. The holidays, though, are often a very stressful time for many of us, and I hope you're all doing okay. If you're not, I hope you're remembering to breathe and that you're taking good care of yourself as much as possible. And now it's time for... Trigger and content warnings for this episode include the following. Trauma, abuse... PTSD, spirituality, and a metaphor involving hypothermia. Please check in with yourself and make sure you're all right to continue. Trauma and abuse shrinks us. That's real on a few different levels. Severe PTSD has been linked to a reduction of size in the amygdala, which is a part of the brain associated with processing fear and emotion. This physical change makes a great deal of sense when we look at the effects trauma has on the psyche. When experiencing abuse, for example, we make ourselves smaller in many ways to protect ourselves, to survive. Survival mode involves tucking things away or putting them on hold to focus on what is necessary. A good example, think of what your physical body does when exposed to cold for too long. Your blood and body heat retreat from extremities to protect your core where your vital organs are. The longer blood and heat are kept from our extremities, the more we risk nerve and tissue damage to those areas. We do similar things psychologically to keep ourselves alive in inhospitable situations. We close doors and shut ourselves off from entire wings of the mansion that is our mind. We can lose the keys. We can end up restricted to small loops of corridors and the pathways that once saved us now imprison us. Post-trauma, we pace those pathways anxiously and with a building frustration and resentment. This is what we're talking about when we say we're stuck in survival mode. Just going back to torture that physical metaphor, it's like if you were to take that body that's struggling in the cold and the snow and trying desperately to keep those vital organs working and took that person on a beautiful tropical vacation, but the body didn't adapt or recognize the change. The struggle of being stuck in survival mode is like that body sitting on a gorgeous beach with sunlight streaming through the palm trees that are swaying in a warm summer breeze, while the body remains convinced it's trying desperately not to die in the snow. 
Getting out of survival mode post-trauma is one of the biggest challenges that survivors usually face in their healing journey. Today, I'm going to talk about awe. It's something that I think is an incredibly important factor in healing, and it's something that no professional has ever mentioned to me in all my years of treatment. This is most likely because scientific study of awe is still very new. One paper stated it was about 15 years old. I'm not a professional, but as a survivor, I'm going to hypothesize that it is an incredibly powerful and overlooked tool to healing. I believe that the experience of awe is expansive and transformative in a way that directly combats the painful and restrictive thought patterns of trauma. I believe awe is an important, unspoken, ingredient to post-trauma healing. Awe is a self-transcendent experience. It shifts our attention away from ourselves and makes us feel a part of something else, something bigger. It creates a feeling of connection. It can be considered an altered state of consciousness. It alters our perception of time. Studies show that experiencing awe makes us more kind, helpful, and generous to others. It increases critical thinking and positive mood, while it decreases materialism. It's even been linked to a reduction of IL-6, which is a marker for inflammation tied to chronic pain and illness, something that's very common for survivors. That requires more study. All of these are much needed and important things in the world. If you study romanticism, awe or the sublime is a critical component and that is because of its expansive and transcendental effect on the psyche. Let's relate this back to post-trauma work and torture that other metaphor, not the hypothermia one, we're done there, but the mansion of the mind one where you lost some keys and you're restricted to a limited number of hallways. So, keep that metaphor in mind, I'm coming right back to it. Another thing that I'd like to introduce you to, in case you're not familiar, is neuroplasticity. This is a beautiful thing and something I feel so much gratitude for because it allows us to change and to grow and allows us to be the masters in our own making. Neuroplasticity is the brain's ability to change and to form new neural pathways as it is exposed to new information and new experiences. You can change your brain throughout your life to a certain degree. This is important because post-trauma, you've undergone that shrinkage. If you're stuck in survival mode, your sympathetic nervous system isn't getting switched back over to the parasympathetic nervous system the way it should. That's a part of PTSD. And it's all connected, the body and the mind. You're flooded with stress hormones constantly and your brain and your body are in a vicious cycle. Part of that is those thought patterns, the thought loops. Think of them as those corridors you're restricted to, and those thought loops are you pacing the same hallways in circles over and over again. Healing is reclaiming those lost keys and regaining access to parts of yourself you had closed off for protection, opening doors and accessing the rest of the mansion in your mind. Healing is also neuroplasticity. 
the ability to build entirely new additions to the mansion, to build new hallways and create new rooms. Maybe a conservatory or a library with one of those sliding ladders. Those are super cool. Awe is an experience that can act as one of those keys to lost parts of self or as a tool that helps create new self. Trauma shrinks and awe expands. Awe is medicine. The medicine is all around you. Awe is an experience that can happen spontaneously, but it can also be sought out. You can choose to seek out things that will inspire awe in your daily life. The most common thing that inspires awe for people is an experience of vastness, of things greater or grander than oneself. Mountains, the night sky, a sweeping vista or beautiful landscape. A change in perspective helps. Looking up or putting yourself in a position to look down or outwards across a distance. Nature is most reported to cause awe. It has a deep effect on people. Spending time in nature is often suggested for helping with healing and depression, and that's often talked about in terms of fresh air and exercise, but awe is a big piece of that puzzle. You don't need to be standing on top of a mountain, though, to experience this. Taking a walk in nature offers plenty of opportunity. Remind yourself to look up. It's something many of us don't do enough. Most of what we interact with happens on the ground, and when we look up at the sky, it's easy for it to be out of a window, gauging the weather. Go outside and stand there and look up. Birds are a love of mine and have been throughout my childhood. We had a bird feeder outside the kitchen window and a bird guide nearby. When we moved to the East Coast from the West Coast, part of learning to feel that this place was our home was learning about the local wildlife. It wasn't until a few years ago that I learned most people don't know the names of the birds they see and hear every day. The internet means this information is so much more available to everyone than it used to be. Get curious. Nurturing curiosity and following it will naturally offer you endless experiences of awe. My love of birds has led me to being more aware of the annual migration of turkey vultures in my area. Every year, at the first major frost, thousands of them arrive in massive wheeling clouds, and a smaller family group of maybe 30 of them settles to roost along our road for the winter. If I take my dog for a walk at dawn, I get to watch them take off and settle in trees where they spread their massive wings and catch dawn's morning rays and warm themselves. Sometimes they choose someone's roof if their house is warm enough. A turkey vulture's wingspan is six feet. Imagine an enormous winter bare tree with its branches filled with 20 to 30 vultures, all with their wings open towards the rising sun. Then, when the air has warmed up a bit, they take off together for the day to find food. You see them occasionally overhead, and they seem to pay me extra mind because I've fed them in the past. They seem to remember me. 
but they returned together at sunset to sleep in their favorite pine trees. You'll see the entire group fly in together as the sun is lit up with the most beautiful colors. I love my local committee of vultures. They are constantly reminding me to look up and they are an endless source of joy and awe. That's something that's going on around me right now in nature. What's going on around you? It doesn't have to be big and it doesn't have to be up. Look closer. Look differently. While vastness inspires awe, so does complexity or something considered unique or rare or, dare I say it, precious. Oh, sorry. Nerdflex caught my throat there. Try watching videos of artists and craftsmen and masters at work. Look at intricate things. Look at beautiful things. Look at more art. I'll say it again. Look at more art. (laughs) Follow a page on social media that will introduce art you're interested in to your newsfeed. That's a very easy way to get a daily dose. I clicked on something a friend posted that I loved, went to the page, liked it, and now I'm seeing these exquisite contemporary Japanese prints that I never would have come across otherwise. Another reason art is important is because of light and color. Color has an incredible psychological and spiritual effect on us, and chromotherapy is a very cool thing. Having an immersive or expansive experience of color is very profound and can easily be a part of experiencing awe. I tend to find my most profound experiences of color and light are in nature or in art. Back to that nature thing. If you live in a city and don't have easy access to the kind of nature you crave, my suggestion is to watch the Planet Earth series. It's a personal favorite of mine. It's an epic masterpiece. Give it a try. Maybe nature isn't your jam. Maybe you find more awe in man-made marvels or architecture. Have you seen Indian or Arab architecture? Check out photography of Indian palaces and temples. Check out mosques. Have you seen the ceilings? Have you seen the dome interiors? World-shatteringly exquisite. I'm obsessed with their beauty. The inside of the dome is created to reflect the vaulting majesty of the heavens. They're stunning. Speaking of the heavens, have you seen what the Hubble telescope is seeing lately? Consider following NASA for some awe-inspiring updates. Maybe science is more your jam. What branch of science sparks joy? Follow folks that publish articles, theories, and research that interest and inspire you. I found new music recently. I discovered the artist Aurora, and I adore her. It's been ages since I found new music that changed my life. I used to put headphones in and dance ecstatically in the street and in the square, in the night, in the city that I lived. I would dance with Lord Shiva as my dance partner, or sometimes Lord Krishna. I would allow music to become a soundtrack and slow time and transform my life. It would become the air I breathed. I remember watching snow 
fall in front of a light on an office building that lit the entire square. A revolutionary war statue of a woman holding a sword stood towering above me, backlit with glowing light swirling with fresh snow. The music became the air I breathed, and time slowed. I was completely alone, and the world was asleep. My own humanity was so present, and existence was piercingly, hauntingly beautiful. It's been ages since I found new music that inspired that kind of spiritual and emotional ecstasy. Aurora's music brings me to tears and makes me sing. It lingers in my head and weaves through my dreams. Seek out new music. Rediscover old music. Listen to music every day. Go outside when it's raining if it's safe. Weather is magical AF. I hesitate to say this and say it only with a disclaimer, but go outside in a thunderstorm. Be safe. I haven't heard anyone suggesting being struck by lightning as something that's a stellar idea, but if the storm is a safe distance, go outside somewhere where you aren't a target. Some of my most incredible experiences of awe are thunderstorms that shatter the sky above me and that I can feel in my chest. A thunderstorm changed my life once. I was in India, and I was a Buddhist, but I had been reading some alternative literature. My auntie took me to one of Shiva's temples. I knew nothing about the Hindu religion and had come to India to volunteer in the Tibetan Buddhist community. I went to the temple and visited the inner sanctum where I saw a statue of a strange god I knew nothing about. I put my palms together in respect for this incarnation of divinity. In this small, dark alcove, there was a sliver of a window that light shone through and his statue was backlit. My prayer was something like this. I don't know who you are, but I know you're a part of everything. I am here, and I am listening. I am open to receiving whatever you wish to communicate. I am humble, and I am ready. I offer love, and I offer respect, gratitude, and curiosity. I am here. We left and went to a place where we looked out upon an immense vista of the Himalayas, the mountains that I had been staring up at for months. I cannot communicate the vast magnificence of those mountains. They seared themselves into my soul and became a part of me. I know that I will be drawn back to them now for the rest of my life. Our rickshaw driver pointed to a tiny speck that was the village where he was born and where his family lived. A sliver of moon hung in the sky, and as we stood there feeling our smallness, a massive storm bank began to roll in over the snow-capped peaks. Rami pointed and said that the past, and said that past that peak over there, 
was Mount Kailash, where Lord Shiva lived. We went home, and I crawled out my window to join my auntie on our tiny shared balcony. And the thunderstorm rolled in, and it began to rain. I stared up at the sky and felt completely electrified. I felt something important was coming that I was meant to witness. Three drops hit me right between the eyes, one after another, as it began to rain, and it felt like they said, Wake up now. My auntie looked at me, staring up into the sky and into the mountains, and said, Whatever is happening, it is for you. And she left. The storm rolled in, and it was like being at the top of the world while it ended. That's what storms in the Himalayas can be like. I felt the thunder in my chest stronger than my heartbeat, and I felt the lightning light up every cell in my body. When it was directly overhead, the clouds formed the shape of Shiva's eyes, of God's eyes, looking right into me. The lightning illuminated them and made them glow. That thunderstorm changed me forever and transformed my life. I don't really share that story with many people. It's deeply personal. If you're not a spiritual person, I hope you don't dismiss it because it doesn't matter if there were really eyes in the sky or not. Awe is awe, and it doesn't require a belief in any deity. The world is still miraculous, even if you believe life and consciousness was a happy accident. Some might even argue that makes it even more miraculous. Whatever you believe, marvel at it, however you have to. Something wonderful about awe is that it doesn't have to involve traveling to a different country to stand on top of a cliff and gaze out upon mountains you've never seen before. Although that is amazing, and you should definitely do it if you ever get the chance. You can also experience awe reading, thinking, dreaming, imagining, learning, listening, tasting reverently, touching mindfully, looking differently, and even remembering. It is endlessly available to you, and it is a key experience that helps informing new patterns, growing, changing, and healing as a person. At some point in the past, survival mode helped you survive. Some of us get stuck, and getting unstuck is a difficult process with no easy answers. Healing is non-linear, and it is unique to each individual. We all need many different tools in our kit, and I humbly offer awe for your consideration. Trauma limits and shrinks. Awe expands and inspires. The medicine is alive. The medicine is everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. Check the episode notes for relevant articles and papers on awe please write in to podcast.findingok at gmail.com 
with feedback, questions, and requests. Let me know if you're interested in joining me on the show. I would love to have you. Finding OK is crowdfunded and paid for out of pocket. I am unemployed with the pandemic and anything helps. Please consider donating. You only need $1 to help, $10 more, and December will be fully funded. A special shout out to last week's anonymous donor. Thank you so, so much. It means the world to me. Please visit buymeacoffee.com backslash finding okay to contribute. A link can be found on the podcast website, www.finding-ok.com, and I post links routinely on my Facebook page. I also post relevant articles, art, memes, and resources daily. Feel free to friend me. Hecate F-O-K. H-E-C-A-T-E F dot O-K-A-Y. You can also find me on Instagram. I have created a private Finding OK Facebook group for survivors. You are welcome there, and I hope you'll join us. Please take a minute to rate and review the podcast to help me reach more listeners. Reviews are featured on the new website, and you get a shout-out on the next episode. If you can't afford to donate, leaving a review and sharing online or through word of mouth is the best way you can help the podcast. Thank you so much for your continued support. Please share, subscribe, and donate if you can. Thank you again for listening. Fuck 2020, and Happy New Year, everyone. This has been Finding Okay. Black Lives Matter. Take care of yourself. Your heart is a muscle the size of your fist. Keep on loving, keep on fighting, and hold on, and hold on.